You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Hey, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Awaken Church here on this Mother's Day. And um, so thankful. If you're hearing the podcast, you're hearing this after Mother's Day. But but happy Mother's Day belated to you then, uh, if that's the case. Um, this is... Uh, uh, time and I just recall like all the things that my my mom specifically has taught me over the years, and I'm super blessed to to still have my mom with me. I know Mother's Day can be tough for a lot of folks. Um, as much as it's a celebration for many, it's also a difficult day for many. We understand that, uh, but I know that that my parents taught me a, have taught me a lot of things. They're still teaching me a lot of things over the years. And one of the things in particular, my mom taught me was how to make peanut butter cookies. <laughs> and it was so simple and easy. That it kind of blew my mind. I remember being a being a teenager, uh, an older teenager, and she teaching me to make peanut butter. She taught me a lot of things, you know, not just make peanut butter cookies, but she taught me to put God first. She taught me to pray. She taught me to 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 after you have God, then put your family, put yourself, uh, you know, take care of yourself and look out for yourself. But take care of your family and put your family before career. Put your family before everything, education and and everything except for God. And uh, that's been with me this whole time, as much as the peanut butter cookie recipe as well. So what's something your mother's taught you? I mean, our, our, our moms. And they're, they're, they're a mom or a mother figure is a role model, right? Well, so today we're kicking off a series we're calling Role Model. And we're looking at the idea of a woman's role in the church and, and in the world and, and the idea of a model for what that looked like at the time of the Scriptures. Now, again, that covers a lot of time because the Scriptures, the Bible, is written over a vast, vast amount of time. Um, but we're going to look at some of this stuff over the next few weeks and what this means for us today. So before we jump into this uh, Role Model talk today, let me give you a couple of definitions. I think we'll probably refresh our minds on this each week because these are these are helpful to us in the long run. And again, if this is just just churchy theological talk to you, then um, you know just just you know bear with me for about another minute, and we'll get into some good stuff here. But the first one is is this word complementarian. A complementarian. Now, complementarian is this this idea or this this stance that stresses that while men and women are are equal in personhood, they're created for different roles which complement each other. The other definition is egalitarian. And egalitarian stresses that men and women are equal in personhood, and there's no gender-based limitations on role. So there's there is no difference in complementarian and egalitarian in that women and men are created equal equal. Um, that's you know, that's a given. And I think in this day and age it's important to, to 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 acknowledge that. Both of these theological stances, based on who Jesus is and based on an understanding of the scripture, both see male and female humans men and women equal the difference being in the roles in which they were the roles in which they take place complementarian has this teaching there's different roles that men and women play and they complement each other egalitarian stresses that there are no gender-based limitations on roles here and so typically when we talk about this it's referring to ministry and marriage 
And so we're going to get into this. And Awakened Church, I'll just go ahead and tell you, Awakened Church is egalitarian. We are part of a network that is egalitarian. We, are, we have a history and a tradition of being egalitarian. And our goal today and with this entire series is not to prove who's right, who's wrong, but simply to express the Word of God has placed on our hearts to encourage us all to become more like Jesus. That's the goal here. And so if you're looking for a fight or a debate or uh, you know, a message to help you prove, prove a point or something to argue with, you're, at the wrong, you're in the wrong place. What I want us all to do here is become more like Jesus as we go through this together. So 1 Samuel 1, here we go. There is a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim. You guys know where that is, right? He was the son of Joram, son of Elihu, son of Tuhu, son of Zuf, son of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Now, Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priest of the Lord at the time were two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the day Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penana and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah with, as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah had asked. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Kind of a clueless guy right there, right? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for the entire lifetime as, as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord. His hair will, be ne- will never be cut. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I am pouring my heart out to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of my great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the Lord of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And then she went back and began to eat again. And there was no, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. So, good story. We're gonna we're gonna read some more of it here in, in a bit. But uh, man, here's here's our big idea as we get into this uh, theme of role model today. Faith in God and trusting His plan allows me to continue regardless of the circumstances. 
Faith in God and trusting his plan allows me to continue regardless of the circumstances. Now, some days are difficult. There, there's no denying that. There's some, some days are difficult, and some of us have more difficult days than others. And I have a friend, Pastor Tina, um, who is a, a wonderful friend. Um, we've been on staff together, and, and uh, man, she, I still look, I look to her as, as, a, as a wonderful teacher of the Word of God. And every time she teaches, she throws things. Usually it's chocolate, but sometimes it's other things. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pastor Tina um, was, is not able to have children. She and her husband, Steve, are not able to have children. And, and she's shared the story. And she's, she's okayed me to share the story as well. And she prayed. She says, I prayed a long time that God would heal me, just like he healed Hannah. She says, for, for years, she was really angry that, at God because she was created in a way she could not do the most basic thing most women can do. And she dreaded baby showers. She's a, she, now she's a pastor. Pastor Tina dreaded Mother's Day, the Mother's Day sermon. She, she says it was, hurt, it, 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 it was hurtful to her because of her situation. And man, Mother's Day was just for, for, for a pastor. Shouldn't be a difficult day, but it was for Pastor Tina. Well, really test your faith. We have difficult days, and they can test our faith, right? Hannah was barren. She, she, she hadn't had any children. The assumption being that there was something physically wrong causing her to not be able to conceive. Unfortunately, there are those who can identify closely with Hannah. Some women just want to have children, and they long to have a baby, but, but for some reason, they're not able to conceive, like my friend Pastor Tina. And in this ancient culture, being unable to have a child made her... It really made her a social outcast, especially among the other women in the community. See, your worth was tied to how many children, especially sons, that you could provide for your husband. And so Hannah was considered a failure, worthless. And, and while we can't relate directly to Hannah's story, probably because of that culture is nothing like our culture, <clears throat> we will all face circumstances that are beyond our ability to control. We will all face times when we feel like a failure. And, and, and circumstances that are beyond our ability to control. But being barren was only part of Hannah's problem. She was also made fun of. She was mocked. El- Elkanah had two wives. Now, culture, culturally, we don't exactly relate to that, and we're not here today to, to debate uh, the legality of that. But it wasn't God's plan. That's, that's a given. But we probably understand what it's like to have family dynamics to create a difficult environment, right? We might not can relate to a husband with two wives in our culture. But we know what it's like to have difficult family environment. So, so, so this added to the despair that Hannah was feeling. Not only was she unable to have children, but she had to endure the ridicule. The enemy likes to add despair to our difficult days. And despair is no reason to abandon the God who has never abandoned you. doesn't mean you don't get sad. It doesn't mean you don't face despair. It means you don't allow that despair to take you out. And Elkanah, he didn't really help things. I mean, he tried. <laughs> you have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? I mean, really, get a clue, dude. Hannah's broken. She cried. She did not eat. And, and the burden she faced every day dominated her life. The enemy wants us to believe God doesn't care about us. But the devil's a lie. God will never abandon you, even when difficult days make it seem that way. In Deuteronomy 31.8, there's this wonderful promise. It says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will, neither, he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Some days are difficult. But these are the days that require determination. 
I mean, my friend, Pastor Tina, she was, she's a person of determination in her prayer. And she, her testimony is that she prayed for healing for years, that God would bring healing to her life, to her body, because she wanted to have children. And her testimony is that God did heal her. God didn't heal her the same way he healed Hannah. He healed my heart, she says. When do you really need determination? That's when we really need to continue praying. Thankfully, Hannah didn't give in to the despair of her difficult days. Instead, she, she rose above in faith. It says in verse 10 that Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she, as she prayed to the Lord. She remained in deep pain and brokenness, but she refused to give up. She knew God better than that. She poured her heart out to God. This was, this was not a, hey, if you got a minute, God, prayer. <laughs> Hannah prayed with determination because she knew God alone could meet her in the midst of these circumstances. This was definitely not an enjoyable place to be, but, but it, was the right, it was right where she needed to be at that moment in her life. Difficult days aren't enjoyable, but they have the potential to bring us closer to God. Listen to Hannah's commitment level. Verse 11, she made a vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. Now, the, guy, the, the name that Hannah calls upon is Yahweh Sabbath. Yahweh Sabbath. It means Lord of hosts, literally God of angel armies. And you know what? That, that name for God, Yahweh Sabbath, God of angel armies, this is the first time it's mentioned in the Old Testament. And this, this name of God is used for God over 260 times in the Old Testament. It's the name that David called upon when he faced Goliath. And that's the name you can call upon. And Hannah was a role model for others in calling on God in prayer. She, for the first time, called on the God of angel armies. Now, Hannah was willing to offer God the one thing she desired most in life and, and allowed this, this son that she, that she prayed for to learn and serve the Lord by living with the priest Eli instead of raising him at home. This was, this was, this was different than us saying, you know, God, God, get me out of a speeding ticket and I'll promise to go to church. This wasn't, let's make a deal. Uh, you know, Hannah made a vow. God, God says, what are you going to do with what I give you? And Hannah says, I'm giving it all back to you, God. Man, what faith. And she prayed. She prayed with determination. As she prayed, Eli, the priest, he, he assumed she's been drinking, right? And, and as he confronted her, she, she, assu- she assured him that she wasn't drunk. But, but she was pouring out her broken and desperate heart and determination that God is the God who provides. The God of angel armies is going to hear my prayer. And Hannah carried a heavy burden, but she, all, but she carried it to the Lord. She carried a heavy burden, but she carried it to the Lord. Maybe you carry a heavy burden today. Maybe no one else even knows or understands. Maybe others know your heart is heavy, but they can't really relate. When carrying a heavy burden, carry it straight to God. Even if no one else understands, Jesus does. He sees you, he knows you, and he cares. Some days are difficult. (laughs) A lot of days are difficult, right? These days require determination. And here's the thing. Faith grows when God is your delight. We want, we, we want to become more like Jesus. That's the goal. That's the point. That's the purpose. Well, your faith grows as you see God as your delight. What, what does that mean? It means this. My friend, Pastor Tina, 
she found her her testimony is that she didn't just have one child or a, a few children that God blessed her with a new family a new family line through discipleship she says that now she has realizes that over 20 years she has dozens of kids God gave me a family of discipleship she said like these are literally they call her not just pastor Tina like I do they call her mama T <laughs> They see her as, their, as a mom figure in their lives. She is a role model for them. And she has discovered that her faith grows when it was God who was her delight. Have you ever seen God answer your prayers in a way that was unexpected? That's, there's where the delight really comes in. Following, following Hannah, Hannah's time of, of, of determined prayer, crying out to God, her, her life began to change. Verse 18 says she had peace. She had not yet conceived a child, yet her hope was renewed. She went back and began to eat again. She was no longer sad. She didn't have the details of the when or the where. She just found her delight in God. And, and whether she's going to barely survive or if she's going to thrive, she was going to have hope and peace that God provides. See, life... Life will have plenty of difficult days. We aren't promised a life of sunshine and puppies and rainbows, but, but we're promised a God who isn't going anywhere. And like Hannah, turn to the one who never went away. You will find the strength and the peace you need to continue. Sometimes you just have to praise God for what he's going to do. <laughs> Hannah's prayers went, weren't unanswered, but that didn't hinder her from praising God in, in worship. I mean, they, her, her prayers weren't answered yet, but, but that didn't hinder her from praising God in worship. We, we don't worship because of what God does. We worship God because of who God is. Hannah was worshiping God because she knew God was God, and that was all she needed. Go ahead and praise Him in advance of the uh, uh, answered prayer because He's God, and His way is best. And if God never did another thing for me, if I, if I never received another blessing, if I never had another answered prayer, I will still pour out my praise and worship to him because he already has blessed me so much. So Samuel was born and his name means I asked the Lord and the Lord answered. What a great name. And in and, and his time, in his time, according to his plan, God answered Hannah's prayer. And every time Hannah would call out the name Samuel, she would be reminded that God hears. Let's read the, the rest of this chapter. Verse 21 says, The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer sacrifice to the Lord and keep his, and keep his vow, but Hannah did not go. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord keep help you keep your promise and she stayed home and nursed the baby until he was weaned and when the child was weaned hannah took him to the tabernacle in shiloh they brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine after sacrificing the bull they brought the boy to eli sir do you remember me hannah asked i am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the lord i asked the lord to give me this boy and he granted my request now i am giving him to the lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. See, it's easy to get discouraged and struggle when we're tempted to abandon our faith. It's easy to be cynical. So how many kids did Hannah ask for? She prayed for one, didn't she? But fast forward to 1 Samuel Chapter 2, verse 21 says, And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. 
Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Man, unexpected, unexpected blessing through the through the determination of prayer. Expect the unexpected because God will answer in a way you don't expect. Hannah's life was a journey of faith. Her difficult days lasted for years, but she continued to pray and seek God. Her life was directed by faith and her delight in God. Have you been struggling through difficult days? Have you prayed? Have you prayed and prayed seemingly with no answer? Do you feel like giving up? Bring your day, your every day, to God. He sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. So go to Him now and go deeper. Why not set a specific time each day this week to cry out to God in prayer, to cry out to the God of angel armies, Yahweh Shaboeth? Maybe it's for yourself. Maybe it's even in, 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 you know, praying for someone else in their stead. Take that step. Grow in your faith. Set aside some specific time this week to cry out in prayer to the God of angel armies for yourself or someone else because faith in God and trusting His plan allow us to continue regardless of the circumstances. Lord, thank You that You you provide. You're the God who is with us. You're the God who, who, who hears our prayers and answers our prayers. And Lord, it's in your time. And Lord, yes, we do want it in our time. And a lot of times it is, it means we want it now. Lord, help us to, help us to stay faithful. Help us to trust you and your timing. To know that your will is best. To know that your way is best. May it not hinder us from asking for the, for the things that we long for. So Lord, may those things be a blessing to you. May we long for things that would honor and bless you. Lord, Hannah longed for a child. But Lord, this child was going to be a man of God who would bring honor and glory and lead the people in worship. It was going to be given back to God. And so, Lord, may we have that heart as we come before you. We cry out to you, God, and angel armies in prayer. As you provide... Lord, may we recognize you didn't just provide so that we could be provided for. And Lord, may we give back to you everything that you provide to us. Strengthen us in this walk, Lord. And for those this, this, this time, uh, at this time who are, hey, their hearts are just hurting right now, God, would you bring them closer to yourself? That even like Hannah, as they cry out to you, God, they would find a peace and be able to be refreshed and have some peace and step forward into the next moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.